Welcome to Sermons by Brad Tuttle. We are so glad you decided to join us today. We know you're going to be encouraged, inspired, and challenged by this powerful sermon. title of our message is living a crucified life living a crucified life so as followers of christ we're to live a life of continual identification with the cross we are not supposed to look like the world and paul is a flesh and blood example of what it is to live a life that is continually identified with the cross Jesus is the one that we look at ultimately want to pattern our life after, but we've been given a flesh and blood person to follow after. And his name is Paul. And Paul even, what's amazing about it, Paul even told us to look at his life and to follow him. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, imitate me, he says, just as I also imitate Christ. 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Philippians 4.9, I'll buzz through some of these, just write down chapter verse. He told the Philippian believers, the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. In one of his letters to Timothy, he said, For this reason I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show all longsuffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. So Paul gives us as imperfect people an example that we can live a life that's identified with the cross. I think this is so needed in the church. I, I hope it's preached in churches. There's too much worldliness in the church. There's too much of the church trying to be like the world. There's too much of the church trying to pattern itself after the world. I know of big churches before, and I think some of them were kind of uh, convicted by the Spirit, and they stopped doing this. Large churches that started to ask the people, what type of music do you like? What station do you listen to? And because of the responses they got, whether it was easy listening or contemporary, you know, whatever, whatever, they patterned their music around what the people liked. So it's all about what can we do to make it seem as much to the world as it can be so people feel comfortable and they have fun. We are supposed to be identified with the cross. And someone says, well, this isn't a very fun message. It's how we're supposed to live. It makes our life more fun because we're living more identified with what Christ did for us at the cross. Can somebody say amen? And the more we live like that, the more we're going to be used greatly by God to do great things. We look at Paul. That's why he was given to us by God. One of the thing that, things that characterized Paul was the central place of the cross in his life. He was a cross-centered man. Everything was about what Jesus did for him at the cross. He considered the Savior who hung on that cross to be everything to him. Everything that Jesus did on the cross was everything to him. It's what compelled him in life. It's what his life was about. If it was, that was his mission statement. To live a life like Christ. He died on the cross with Jesus. That's the way Paul saw himself. When Jesus died, he died. When Jesus rose, he rose 
man, I, I want my life. I, 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 if I had a desire, this is what I would live my life all out like this. To identify solely and wholly with what Christ did at the cross and everything that the cross means. Is everybody with me? He no longer sought to live the principle of self principle of the one who had died for him. Look at Galatians chapter 2.20. All of you should have this memorized. I challenge all of us in this month of November, before Christmas comes, memorize this. It's a good, great verse to memorize. It's a great verse to have as a life verse. It's a great verse to quote when you wake up in the morning. Paul to the Galatians said, listen to these words, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul wouldn't have been someone that wore a cross around his neck just to be a symbol of something. I've seen a lot of people with crosses around their necks doing a lot of things that don't represent the cross. It's easy to go out and buy a cross at a jewelry store. Doesn't mean you're a Christian. Doesn't mean you love Jesus. Doesn't mean you live a Christ-centered life. It's just a symbol. To Paul, this was not an abstract, symbolic thing. This was his life. Is everybody getting that? This was Paul's life, to live a crucified life, to live a life that was separated from the world, not like the world. Don't want to be like the world. Don't want to be of the world. I'm in it but I'm not going to let it get on me. And he struggled with it because he had flesh. Somebody say amen. Struggled with it, but he overcame it. That's why some people say he's the greatest Christian that ever lived. He's our example. He's a flesh and blood man who once was a hater of Christians, who once was a killer and imprisonment, a prisoner, imprisoned Christians, then radically converted into a man that that same passion to live that way took his life over for Christ. And there's nobody in this room that has gone through what he has gone through in his desire to live a crucified life and to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He believed that in the eyes of God, he was radically joined to Jesus by faith so that he truly died when Christ died. And again, like I said, he was raised when Christ rose. And he believes that way, that all who are in Christ are that way. You need to start to look at yourself that way. I, I say this in love and compassion. You will find so much victory in your life over anything in your life if you begin to see who you are in Christ and see the value, the beautiful depth and value of what it is to be a man or a woman of God in Christ. Look who you used to be. A lost sinner, separated from God by your sin, with no hope of an eternity in heaven. Are you saved in here? Is somebody excited about that? You're in Christ. You're in Christ. Paul wrote this, Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Romans 6, verses 3 through 4. 
Are you walking in newness of life? Has your salvation experience brought you a new attitude of life? Paul considered himself truly crucified with Christ, now raised together with him, so he was obligated to live a new kind of life. I preach this to you guys all the time. We, as men and women of God, should be living a new kind of life. We're overcomers. I don't want to smell like the world. Understand something. Maybe I, I was in the world. I drank. I partied. I did drugs. I did really stupid things. I did steroids way back when. I lied. I cheated. I did a lot of stuff. And I got radically saved by Christ. And my life was changed. I am not the same man I used to be. And now I don't identify with all... Listen, I wanted to impress people when I was in the world. I wanted to, hey, you know, look how... Uh, you know, and I... And uh, whatever. I'll edit that out. But... Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, I, I, I honestly... I, I, I'm going to say this in the sermon, but I don't care what the world thinks of me. Why would I, why would I live my life as a believer knowing what Jesus did for me? Why would I live my life and be concerned about what people think about me? How I live? Praying for the guy. If everybody in the whole place turned around and looked at me, why would I, what do I care about anybody that looks at me and thinks I'm a weirdo because I'm laying hands on this guy? What is he like? Some kind of got some mag- magical power? What's he doing? It doesn't, I don't care what they think. I just want to live for Jesus. Can somebody say amen? All this Christianity stuff, it's all about living for Jesus and being identified with who he is and what he did. We get so caught up in end time stuff and when's Jesus coming back and what, you know, what's your post-trib, pre-trib, amillennialism, all this stuff. That's all good to have, to have your point of view, but it's all about here and now living for Christ, identified with him through the cross and what he did. Very basic. You get caught up in so much stuff. Just start living your life all out for Jesus because that's why he did what he did. Again, welcome to all those who are here for the first time. But there is one particular aspect of the crucified life in Paul's experience I want to share with you this morning. And it's found in his words near the end of his letter to the Galatians. It's found in Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. And I just, I just wanted to sit on this just for a few minutes. Galatians six fourteen. And it goes with the theme of what we've been talking about. Galatians 6.14 says, But God forbid. He's saying this because the Judaizers, they tried to impress the world with their outward living. They, they wanted the, everyone to see how pious they were. He said, But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world, look at this, has been crucified to me and I to the world. The cross is his boast. The cross is his boast in life, to make the cross of Jesus our boast in life. And as we do, we see that our relationship with ungodly values and priorities of this world should change. Our values, our attachment to the values of the world, our attachment to the priorities of the world should change when we really become identified with what Christ did for us at the cross. 
having been crucified with Christ, we need to see ourselves as dead to the things of the world and the world as dead to us. We live in this world, but this world is not supposed to be something that we follow after, that we put before God. And maybe, and I know, my, to me, my conversion experience was so radical, it was so, there was such a line of demarcation lit, written in the sand that I knew I was, you know, I just, I, I, you know, I threw away a lot of things because of bad decisions. A lot of goals and dreams and things I wanted to do because, you know, I, I didn't know. I, didn't, I wasn't living in wisdom. I didn't know the Lord. No one ever told me about Jesus. It's all changed now. I'm dead to the world. I, I don't care what anybody thinks about that. I'm dead to the world. Crucify with Christ. So we're supposed to go on now gripped by this, living a life for Jesus, living all out for God, living all out for God, living all out for God, live all out for God. If I can tell you anything this morning, live all out for God. People live and people die every day. Don't let the end of your life ever find you living below what Christ has done for you. Live your life all out for God. I don't want to live a, I wrote down here, listen, I don't want to live a half-baked Christian experience, do you? (laughs) I don't want to live a half-in, half-out Christian experience, do you? Somebody's supposed to say something. I don't want to live a half-in, half This is your chance. This is a monologue, but every once in a while I'll throw a little dialogue in there and you're supposed to say something back to me. I don't want to, I don't want to, I'll I'll take out the half-baked, that's kind of corny. I don't want to live a half-in, half-out Christian life or Christian experience. Do you? (laughs) Man, I want my faith in Jesus Christ to mean something in the way I live. I don't want to waste my life. I want to live in a way that's completely different from the way that unsaved people live. So I live my life according to the Word of God as as best as I can. Do I make mistakes? Absolutely. Do we all make mistakes? Absolutely. But we got to keep pressing on and moving forward to live this life that identifies with what Christ did for us at a cross. Paul said in Romans 12, 1 and 2, "Ah, don't be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to this world. This is something that young people struggle with bad, even in the church. They just got it. And, I, and I, you know, I don't know. I wasn't saved when I was a teenager, but I know there's a lot of things pushing them. I wrote this quote, if as professing believers our lives are indistinguishable from the lives of people who have no relationship with Christ, if we find that we are simply passively being squeezed into the world's mold, then how can we prove to anyone that Jesus has really made any kind of a difference in our lives? I want to live a life filled with the Spirit that defies explanation. And I want to pastor a church full of people that want to live a life that defies explanation. How in the world did this happen to you? It's all about Jesus, man. I don't want to... That's what, that's what I... That's what I... When I know, you know... That's the way I want to live. That's the kind of wife I want. 
I want a sold out on fire. Um, I got to run to keep up with her sometimes, and I want that. We, you know, I'll be ahead and she'll come, catch up, and I'll catch up. Man, just to live this life, amen. Live this life, and now we're coming into the holidays. It should even impress on us even more. Thanksgiving, thankful for all the things that God's done for us, and then we're coming into Christmas, the the uh, Christ coming as a child and a baby born of a virgin. I want to be in a church full of people whose lives defy explanation, who believe so strongly in what God can do, and who live so boldly identified with what Christ has done for them. I don't want to just come to church and do church and just give you a 20-minute funny message. If you never think I'm funny, I'm funny. I'm funny. I don't write funny. I don't write jokes down. I don't put a joke in, joke here. But I'm funny enough to, to make you feel like you've got to laugh. But I think there's some seriousness in there, too, because I realize how serious it is. And I have a mandate. I have a mandate. I have a responsibility. I believe I want to be held accountable with what I gave you. Amen? And I am not going to... I am not going to... I'm not going to soften... I'm not going to be held accountable because I, don't, I was afraid that people... And I'll say this, I don't want the world calling my shots in life. I want the Word of God calling my shots in life. Amen. I want to be so conformed to the cross of Christ that I am dead again to its values and its priorities. Do you want that? I'll edit that time space so it comes back real quick. So we're supposed to make the cross of Christ our boast in life. The word boast in the Greek means to glory in something to pride oneself in something. We need to make our boast in the, in the cross. The thing you boast in would be the thing you take your stand on and brag about. If you're in a group of people and they're all talking about this Jesus thing comes up and they're mocking and laughing and you're in the midst of it, are you going to stand up and brag on what you boast in? Sometimes the world needs to hear it, amen? Someone to go, hey, hey, hold on a minute. Paul makes the cross his exclusive boast. He says, but God forbid that I should boast except in the cross. Again, the Judaizers boasted in the things of the world. They wanted to look good on the outside. Paul just wanted to boast in the cross. This dude got saved. He got saved. Have you all gotten saved? Are you all saved? I think there seems to be sometimes there's a, I'm saved. And there's a, oh, man, I'm saved. Because if you're, oh, I'm saved, you know, I'm, you, I want all of you that go here or come here some or whatever to start getting in you, I am saved. I'm saved. Not, yeah, I'm saved. I'm saved. Even if you're not like that. Even if you're not a fist pumping, just saved. You're saved. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Amen? I'm just getting myself excited. I'm having church. Don't know about I got these. I can't see any of you anyway. So all I can see is this. 
Sometimes I wear these so I can't see people's faces and what they're doing. So it keeps me from seeing if someone's not paying attention. And to make his boast in the cross of Jesus Christ means that he makes his boast in everything. Here's this is important. That is involved in the cross of Christ. What do I mean? He embraced the fact that the cross declared him a sinner in need of a Savior. You all know that, right? You're born sinners in need of a Savior. He embraced the sentence of death for his own sins that the cross affirmed. He embraced the shame and scandal of the cross. Remember, he's identified with the cross. His boast is the cross. He also boasted in the full atonement for that sin that was accomplished at the cross. He boasted in, re in the redemption purchased by the blood of Christ that was shed upon the cross. So when he identifies with the cross, he's identifying with everything that goes along with it. And he embraced the glory with Christ that the cross would lead him to. There's no going to heaven until you first come through the cross. There's no forgiveness of sins until you first come through the cross. Unless you come through the cross of Christ, you are lost in your sins, separated from God forever when your life is done. It's all through the cross. And I can't, I'm, I'm trying to drive this home. If we are people who are Christ cross centered, we should be so excited about life. It doesn't matter what the president's doing or not doing, what North Korea's doing, what China's doing. You know, we watch the news, that's all good and well, but we should be excited about life because even when this life is over, we still got life. Amen. Actually, when this life is over, life begins. Because then you're going to live for tens of thousands and thousands and thousands of years, forever and ever and ever, on streets that are so pure gold that they're transparent. Glory to God, all because you're a Christ cross-centered person. Isn't it worth living that way? Why do we want to live, uh, you know, just, geez. He embraced it all. He made it all his hope. He took a stand on all of it. It was only his boast. So I suggest to you that if you want your Christian life to mean something in this world, you must come to the point in your life in which you consciously, deliberately make the cross of Jesus Christ your exclusive boast. Listen, we've all won trophies and plaques and awards. We've got diplomas hanging on our walls. My wife just got her degree. Making our boast, not in our car. You get a, you know, we all want new cars, right? Or some do, some don't. Whatever you want. <laughs> Whatever it is you want. But our boast is in the cross of Christ. That's what we're about. My boast, because what it does is it starts to cause everything else to come into line. My boast is in the cross of Jesus Christ. Look what Paul said. We want to say this with him. I read it. We're going to read it again. It is no longer I. So say this with me. Say, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. We're to live a crucified life in this world. A crucified life in this world. We're coming to an end. To embrace the cross is to immediately place ourselves. As soon as you embrace the cross, you place yourself in direct opposition to the world's values and priorities. We need a generation of young people to rise up who live this way. Write this chapter verse down. John 15, 
verses 18 and 19. Let me read this to you. Tell me this isn't convicting, and I, I didn't write this. Jesus wrote this. This is what he told his disciples, those who would then change the world. Look at what he says. If the world hates you, so he says, I don't want anyone to hate me. I don't want the, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. This is the kind of stuff people don't like to hear. These are the things people don't want to preach. These are the hard sayings of Jesus that some people want to set aside. You know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet, because you are not of the world, but I chose you. Somebody say, he chose me. But I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. James wrote in James 4.4, this is great too. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Powerful. Paul was no longer driven by the world's approval. This is my motto. As far as he was concerned, the world was crucified dead. He didn't care what a dead thing said about him. I don't care what a dead thing says about him. He was utterly unashamed of the gospel message. Utterly unashamed. And it caused him a lot of suffering, a lot of beatings, and a lot of imprisonments. And I'm going to say this to you, and I'm saying it to me. And we get so afraid to walk up to somebody and tell them about Jesus because they might go, you're a weirdo. They beat him almost to the point of death and imprisoned him because he preached the gospel. Man, what a way to live your life. What a, what a, what a legacy to leave. What, it mean, what did it mean that he was crucified to the world? It meant that he was no longer, the world was no longer the driving force of his life. Listen, we all need money, and we got to pay bills, and we like nice things, but it doesn't drive us. Somebody say amen. He was crucified to the world's pull on him through the lust of the flesh. He was crucified to the world's pull on him through the lust of the eyes. It didn't, yes, it pressed in on him, tried to pull him in its direction, but he was linked to a mindset that I'm crucified with Christ. He wrote this. In Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Write that down. If then you were raised with Christ, how many of y'all have been raised with Christ? Seek those things which are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. For you died. Anybody die in here? For your old man died, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your life is now hidden in Christ. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Is it worth it to live a crucified life? Is it worth it to live a life that displays that Christ has made a difference to us? Let me read lastly Mark 8, chapter, chapter 8, verses 34 through 38. 
Jesus said, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. This is not easy. We live in a world that hates. We live in a world that hates biblical values. We live in a nation that doesn't like. We think it's Christian. We don't live in a Christian nation. We live in a nation that is appalled by Christian values. Mark 8, 34-38 says, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? And what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, the Son of Man, also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. It's a life identified with Christ, separated from the world. So in a minute, Brandon's coming to the music. He's going to play. Here's what we're going to do before we leave here today. For anyone that will today, we are going to commit ourselves to seek to live a life before God with a crucified life. So as Brandon plays, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. And... Thank you for joining us at Sermons by Brad Tuttle. We pray this sermon blessed you, encouraged you, inspired you, and challenged you in your walk with Christ. Thank you for being with us. Come back and visit us anytime. God bless you.